I'm John. I'm Nick. And I'm Adam. And you're listening to the Archive, our ever-growing volume of everything. No, library. Library. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the archive. Put it in the archive. <laughs> <laughs> Who's here in the archive? It's me. And me. And me. And we're talking about the arch. And Adam. This week. And I'm Nick. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about the Gateway Arch because uh, this week, the week of the release of this episode, uh, uh, brings to a conclusion a multi-year saga uh, transforming the experience of visiting the Gateway Arch. Uh, you could say 70 years in the making. Yeah. It, well, yeah, I guess you could, really. Well, it's four years, but 70 over... If you if you look to this as a fulfillment of the original vision mm-hmm. behind it, then yeah, I and guess I you could say it is 70 years in the making. We're making good on a promise that uh, was that made. nobody made. <laughs> In 1938 or 47, whenever the competition was, uh, the arch is, uh, there's a museum in the, uh, lower dregs of the arch that is for our uh, international friends. Maybe we should actually talk about what the arch is first. Well, I was, I was still laying the foundation for why we're talking about the arch, which is that the museum is reopening. Um, and well, I guess it, it hasn't really been closed that long, but it, um, the the entryway has been transformed. It's a whole different um, place. The the narration or the the narrative, I guess, of the museum is totally different. Um, and most importantly, I think it is now more fully integrated with the city, which was kind of the original intent uh, behind the arch. And but if you don't know what the arch is, mm-hmm. what is it? It's a big old arch. That's right. It's um, at 630 feet. Yeah, 30. Yep. Um, and uh, it it is one of the larger monuments in America. And uh, when it was created, it was a, a huge engineering undertaking. Um, if memory serves, it actually is the largest man-made classification of monument in the United States. It is. Uh, is that in terms of height or volume? I think height. Height. Yeah, it's not the largest. It's the tallest. I'm sorry, tallest. Okay. Tallest Thank man-made you for that. monument. Yeah. yeah. It is, I think, like 75 feet taller than the Washington Monument. Yeah. Take that, Washington Monument. Mm-hmm. That's what me. you get for being president. We don't for me lately. Shape. And it is the um, the vagina to the Washington Monument's penis. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's what I've always thought of it as, right? No, you haven't. <laughs> Haven't you always wanted to? No, you guys don't no. read. No, no. Washington Monument art shipping online. It's like the best stuff. <laughs> Somebody recently asked me about our podcast, and they said, "Can I listen to it with my kids around?" I said, "Well, it's kind of a hard PG 13 She's like, "Ooh, that's probably a little too racy for my kids." <laughs> I said, older kids said three and five. I was like, yeah, that's right, probably. I mean, I said penis and vagina. Like, <laughs> I'm keeping it clean over here. Yeah, those are purely biological terms. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm s- sorry, children out there. 
Good night, children. (laughs) Good night, children everywhere. You're the steward, dude. You can do what you want. I'm not. Oh, you're not? No. Oh, that's true. Yeah, stewardship was transitioned over to me. Since when? But I think Man. we can, can co co steward this. There we are two co-steward. legs to the arch, and we'll have two two Beautiful. stewards to this discussion of it. And Adam, you just sit in the back and shut yeah. them up. You can be the car riding back and forth between. <laughs> Is that the sound of the car? Yeah. Inside, yeah. So I I did originally uh, suggest this episode and was kind of looking forward to. Um, <laughs> Uh, Sorry, looking forward to being the steward, but then John. Well, no, no, <laughs> I, I, I was, I liked the idea of me as being the only non-native Saint Louisian. Is that what you guys call yourselves? Mm-hmm. Sadly, all right, yeah. <laughs> um, Saint Louisan. Nobody says Saint Louisan. Yeah. Creepers. Um, and- Mike Westfall, don't talk about this. You have no, you have no, you have no room to chime in here. Mm. Um, so I was I was going to come at it from a foreigner's perspective, as much as a person from South Carolina can be a foreigner. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I saw that I wasn't going to have any time to actually do any research into it, and so I you brought was, papers with you. I brought I brought papers. I haven't read any of them. Oh, okay. Yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Are those just random emails that you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just like the just whole so you thing. Look so, yeah, it looks like yeah. John Stewart up here. There you right? go. <laughs> And it's kind of sad that John Stewart is my go-to person as somebody who right. is, is a news reporter. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I didn't have a whole lot of time, so I, I asked John to like back me up with this. But um, but I will say, like <clears throat> my first um, experience going to the Arch was only like um, I want to say like eight years ago or something. Um, so I had been here in St. Louis for a good five years before I even went there. When you moved here, did you drive in or did you fly in? I drove in. And you drive in from the Illinois side or from Southern Missouri? Uh, from Illinois. So you did drive in theory. I No, I saw, saw it. it. And we're like, oh. And I just was just like, nope, that doesn't look interesting. I kept driving. <laughs> Abort. Uh, <laughs> turned around and went back to <laughs> Spent five years in... Uh, Chesterfield, and uh, then my my mom came to town. I wasn't in Chesterfield. Pfft, I wouldn't go there. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, when my mom came to visit, I uh, was like, you know what? We should do the classic touristy thing. Um, and that's that's kind of been part of my experience in St. Louis in general, is that everyone here is too cool to do all the things that mm. tourists do. Mm-hmm. And because uh, a, a lot of people who grew up here, um, you know, I, I've become, ha, has been like part of my friend group and community. And so, uh, everybody's done it a million times. So like, um, that was visitors or with, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so they're, they're not, nobody wants to go do that on a weekend or something like yeah. that. Um, and let me let's say in advance that like with this new reopening that, uh, that is part of the intention of it is to make this more of a destination spot. Like yeah. as, as you kind of, uh, brought up already that they've um, done a lot to connect the Arch Park, which it is now called, uh, to the actual city because they've been right next to each other, but there was a really big highway that went right in between them. So you were kind of forced to, you know, visit the city and then drive across and park and then go to, to the Arch if you wanted to or or play Frogger in the traffic. So, <laughs> um 
but uh but when I did eventually go um yeah they have a museum under the arch it's fantastic uh and and then the the trip up in it was a lot of fun it's like not it's memorable it's memorable yeah yeah um for those who don't know you get in this little egg shaped yeah. Um, compartment, mm-hmm. and if you imagine an arch, it basically goes up to the side, up to the side, up to the side, yeah. Yeah. on its way up to the top of the arch. Do it's you- a lot like if you are, um, because as we've discussed, we always talk about Disney things. If you've ever oh, been yeah. on Soren, the mechanism for the Soren ride is kind of similar to the mechanism for the uh, arch elevator. Is that a Lord of the Rings thing? Yeah. That's Soru <laughs> Raman. <laughs> mm, Soru Raman instant noodles. <laughs> Is that um, our sponsor this week? Mm-hmm. Uh, so do you know anything about the uh, development of that transport system? The pods. Hmm. So uh, uh, I guess not. So they they um originally yeah right. Someone's trying to break in the archive. Oh god! <laughs> Get the dogs. The wolves. You mean the wolves? <laughs> yeah, they're sleeping. It's not October yet. Um. So I know that. Okay, you you fill in my blanks here because I know it started off with a competition, right? Yeah. All right. Whoa! So, shouldn't we talk about the? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, are, are you able to to go with that? To go with the history? Because I, I don't know a lot about the competition myself. Yeah, yeah. I, I can uh, speak to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a, a guy, I forget exactly what his position was in the city government, but he, um, this is... Um, he was number one. Luther Eli Smith. Okay. Smith. Oh. <laughs> um, Samsonite. Right. That was way off. <laughs> Uh, he was a civic leader and, uh, he was traveling, he was, he, he traveled, uh, away and was coming back into the city, uh, by train and he's crossing the river and he looks over at the riverfront and he says, this is really, there's no arch here. Depressing. <laughs> yeah. I, I expect to see an arch here and my expectations are, uh, not met. We will be God, I wish arch. that was that his actual thought process. <laughs> He's like, I'll do a concert, but I really just want an arch there. That's all I really care about. <laughs> I mean, arguably, you could say that really the history goes back to like uh, the time of uh, Thomas Jefferson when uh, the Illuminati lobbied oh. for a. Wow. <laughs> We're going there. <laughs> hey, save this for your own Illuminati podcast. <laughs> well, let me ask something. Do you guys know if. Gateway to the West, how old that is? That's from that like phrase. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's from like uh pioneering days. The, the, the yeah. beginning of St. Louis. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. People would hit the literally Mississippi, Missouri River yeah. section, and it was that's every everything came through here to go west. It's well, and even before that, it was kind of the launching point for um Lewis and Clark. Mm-hmm. Um for them, like just to even explore the West and and figure out what was there for people to travel to. But then Later, um, because it was um, kind of a midpoint on the Mississippi River, which is where most of the large 
um, traffic was happening at that time. It became a, a major port, and um, like Adam said, people would come here headed west um, to stock up on supplies. It was like the last outpost before you headed west, the last major city. Um, and it was like a really big fur trading uh, yep. city that was like probably the major industry for a long time. Uh, and then that kind of, the the when the steamship um, riverboat um, industry kind of dried up, um, due to rail, um, when trains started becoming the more predominant mode of mass transportation, um, and you know rail yards are are being built across the West, and obviously you can't that you can't really take a boat very far into the West. There's really no big body of water that carries you. Trains were obviously a more efficient way of doing yeah, it. Not a convenient thing. Yeah, um, and uh, and this is where the the um, Illuminati thing. Um, which I was joking about, but there is something to be said for the um, sort of backdoor dealings that made all of this happen. Um, Chicago, uh, Chicago, people in Chicago apparently <sighs> lobbied really heavily to make Chicago the major Midwestern transit hub for rail travel mm-hmm. instead of St. Louis. And as a result of that, over the course of like 40 or 50 years, St. Louis lost a lot of industry and um, just and, yeah, yeah people coming through um so the riverfront which had been uh the hub of all that activity really kind of dried up and it was mostly just uh figuratively where yeah the, the river is still there <laughs> it's Calm still down. there yeah <laughs> uh but so it was just a lot of um kind of derelict warehouses and not a really pretty um front for the city um which was you know still the, the biggest city west of the Mississippi at the time. So this guy, uh, Luther Eli Smith, has this notion, what if we um, rejuvenated this whole area, put up a, a memorial or a monument to westward travel, and um, use that as kind of a the linchpin of a redevelopment effort. And this is uh, around 1933. The arch was erected in 1963. So, so that goes to tell you like how how much um, conflict was encountered along the which way. Which really 30 years, not bad. And I, I have in my notes that it uh, work started on it in 52. Like they they were yeah. So I'm not sure when the contest was, but the, I I feel like the like actual construction, digging the foundation and stuff. There was like a long period there that they were like prepping it and. Well, they cleared the site, I think, in '52. Okay, yeah, so they I, had... I think so. They, if, if I could be way off on this, but from memory serves, this little thing called World War II kind of got in the way of a lot yeah. of stuff going on. Exactly. Well, 1933 and mark, idea... and all of a sudden you say '52. There's a little something happened between those two dates. That just sounds like laziness to me. <laughs> <laughs> it was also a thing called the Great Depression, which made these lofty ideas of a monument um, kind of challenging to sell. Mm-hmm. But it was positioned as both a, a civic contribution, something that would benefit the city broadly, but also it would provide jobs. And so um, the the government at the time was really pushing for the federal um, government to pay for most of this, with the city paying for a little bit of it. Um, but because it was a national monument, that made sense, but the government didn't have any money. And then World War II happened. Um, but while all this is happening, they do um, begin the process. I guess there was an, an enough initial money to to buy out all of the property on the riverfront 
Um, so this is 40 square blocks of real estate that is acquired. Um, and somewhat controversially, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of lawsuits that um, kind of held up that process. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with that slow process there, you know, I can only imagine that people at the time were just like, that's just a bunch of wasted land. What are you going to do with it? And yeah, uh, that would piss off a lot. Old of man Jenks is in his little shack. I'm not yeah. selling. I'm not <laughs> yeah. selling. I'm living here till I die. Well, and then, then, and then were, he died, so it was fine. Then they there killed were him. still <laughs> then businesses. <laughs> Illuminati. <laughs> All right, uh, problem solved. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there were still a lot of businesses there. That, that was their place. And so I guess, like, relocating was economically challenging, especially in the midst of a depression. So, uh, But they eventually cleared all that land, and then they had to wait around for money to become available after another war because uh, Korea happened in the 50s. Oh, right, yeah. So that delayed it. But at that point, they did have a design in place. Um, and I think the, um, the design competition started in April of 1935, think yeah um so they solicited this um this national uh committee or a committee made up of uh people from uh throughout the nation was uh selected to judge submissions for the design of this monument and i think they received uh three <laughs> five no they, they, they narrowed it down to they like narrowed five, it down though, to yeah. five yeah, yeah they had over a hundred submissions I think yeah um, a lot of them were uh, <laughs> I, lo- I love that part of the rules where it has to be on the Missouri side and then half of the submissions were like things that were going over the river <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> it's like oh you didn't read the rules well there was even an iteration of the arch that did that like that oh, really? where they looked at the possibility of spanning you know stretching across yeah. the, the river uh, but so uh, a couple of noteworthy architects made the final cut, um, including there's a guy named uh, Harris Armstrong who was locally based. He was a St. Louis architect, and one of his uh, his submissions was selected for the final five. Um, and then Aero Saarinen, who was the son of Elia Saarinen, who had also entered into the competition, uh, he made the final five. Oh. The son did. He beat out his dad. He beat out his dad. And oh, it's the first beautiful. job that he had ever done without his dad's consultation. Oh. So this is his first thing. But this is the greatest story. And this could be apocryphal, but I've, I've seen it in at least two places now. So I'm going to assume that it's true. The committee um, or the, the communication team that was tasked with reaching out to the winning uh, bids, the, the top five, the tell them yeah. that they had won. Uh, mistakenly contacted his dad. Oh. So the initial letter goes out to his dad and his dad gets it and uh, he pops the champagne and they all celebrate. And then the next day or a day, a couple days later, the committee calls him and says, actually your son won. And apparently as a a gracious father, he popped a second bottle of champagne and toasted to his son for, and then put a, Bullet in his head. <laughs> Bash the solved. empty champagne bottle <laughs> over his head. Uh, so that's amazing, though. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's it's pretty funny. I want to I want a mini series on that. That would be an interesting story. Yeah, it would. Yeah. Uh, well, and he um, this, this was clearly like the biggest thing that he had tackled at that time. And I don't know as much about the stuff that Aero Saarinen did before the arch. 
I know a little bit more about what he did after the arch, but this was, uh, you know, a huge undertaking. And he apparently he was sort of swinging for the fences with this design. Um, and he had, he'd gotten, I guess, enough word about what the committee was looking for. Um, and everybody on our, most of the people who are on the judging committee were kind of leaning toward a more artistic, uh, forward, um, thinking design, something that was less practical and a little more fanciful. Mm -hmm. So he kind of, um, just doubled down on that and, drew up this design that was really kind of impractical. And when people first looked at it, they thought it kind of looks like a kid drew it. It looks like, you know, something that nobody could actually practically build. It's as simple as it can get. And, you know, in hindsight, it's really easy to say that it's like obvious because of the whole gateway to the West thing. It feels like a gate or something. Um, But, uh, but yeah, of course it was like not an easy challenge to build this thing. And, well, and I'm know, assuming we're putting all these, the top, at least the top five in the show notes. So yeah. You can yeah, see the, can the, the, yeah. Link to them. Yeah. And you can actually see them in the museum. Now they have uh, a display at the new museum. They built them. all of them. They, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it took so long. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, I, the only one that I remember is, uh, like five pylons where there, mm-hmm. there were like, um, monuments. Construct more pylons. Yeah. Um, uh, to to five Need more Vespian gas. I'm not following you. What what is that? Starcraft. Oh, okay. <laughs> Construct additional pylons. Never mind. Go on. I thought that was like a Battlestar Galactica thing or something. Uh, those are Cylons. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there, there were like five monuments that each had significance to some sort of historical thing. That yeah yeah. Um. But yeah, I think um it is futuristic for its time but it's also like has this like mid-century feel to it where it's just like this simple beautiful shape that um and you you mentioned practicality it's like it's a monument like how practical is a monument supposed to be like yeah well i guess practical practicality given the intention of people occupying it right and and you know a a publicly accessible monument um it's interesting that you say that because I was looking over. Um, so it's the tallest man-made monument in the Western Hemisphere, and it's quote Missouri's tallest accessible building. Yeah, hmm. are there taller non-accessible buildings? That's what I don't understand. Interesting. Either. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out where there could be a taller structure that's not accessible. inaccessible. Yeah, I, I have my no favorite idea. 80s band. <laughs> <laughs> Um, unless maybe there's a tower somewhere that, um, maybe like the top part of a building that would technically be taller, but that's, you can't actually get to or go in. Yeah, maybe. Well, and it's, it, it's, it's very close. Um, the, so it, it is definitely the tallest building and structure in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. Um, so then it would have to be Kansas city. Right. Or Jeff city. Um, Joplin. Well, come on, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Kirksville. (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) But it's only, it's, it's about 40 feet taller than the second tallest structure in St. Louis, which is uh, one metropolitan square. But so it's really, there's, there's not a whole lot of uh, difference there. So I don't know. Um, that's something we should look into. If we can figure out what is the tallest structure in Missouri, we'll whoa, 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 whoa. Notes. I'm, I'm sorry. 
Creepers, you tell us. What is the tallest you did? Like, we, we, we do enough for you people. You tell us what the tallest <laughs> one is that you can't get to. Have a picture of today's paper. When you yeah, take a picture of it. make sure you got the paper. Right. Or else can't trust you. Um, speaking of creepers, one of the most interesting things that I found was uh, in the building of it, which which we, we can, you know. Yeah, we'll get to that. Talk more. I think too, that's, a, that's a fascinating story, but we'll is. get to that. But, um, you know, they got to a point after a couple of years that they were like 300 feet up into the air. They're like almost halfway Oh, I'm up. sorry, dude. Real quick. Don't forget that. But I actually am not really sure. So we're down to five yeah. finalists. How did they oh, yeah. decide on the, on the final? Well, that was, I guess, because uh, Saarinen's design was so fanciful and elegant and, and almost like too good to be true. That ended up being the criterion that they used to select oh. it. It was, it was the most uh, inspiring design. Um, it was not the only one that had an arch, though, that right. I think is interesting. Yeah. I think it was the only finalist that had an arch, but it wasn't the only submission that had an arch. Um, so sorry, Nick. I just, I just didn't want to sure how that came uh, to pass. Sure, yeah. Uh, and I'll just throw this out real fast because we, we have more to talk about there. But um, but in the building of it, like it got to a point, of course, where cranes could not lift higher mm-hmm. than it was. And so I thought it was really interesting that they had a what they called the 80-ton creeper. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> Which was uh, j- basically just a giant platform that was like built onto the side of it 300 feet up. And as they kept adding segments to it, uh, they had basically like a train rail system that yeah. ran up the side of it that it would use itself to pull itself up and just a little bit at a time as it like leaned over and, you know, crane stuff up on its own. It's crazy. Yeah. Look up pictures of it. It is insane. There's some really good footage of that in the, um, the monument to the dream documentary, which, um, you can see at the arch, they show it daily, but then it's all, it's also available online. And it's, it, that really focuses on the actual construction and, um, um, I think in a pretty engaging way, it, it takes like a, what could be, Either like a really drab. boring, or just, or just, you know, just something where they they kind of uh, glance over some pretty interesting stuff. I think it's it's long enough that it details the stuff that's interesting without, you know, belaboring it. I'm gonna kind of disagree with you here because <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt like the first like 15 minutes of it was like. Um, uh, so what do I got here? Uh, 900 tons of stainless steel, 165,000 square feet of quarter inch plate, 500 tons of stiffeners and tie rods, 2000 tons of carbon. And it was just like numbers and tons and materials. And uh, it, it, at the same time though, I was fascinated because like it, it slowly shows how like each layer of this thing was built, um, in two ways where it's like. They had because you know the the arch itself is kind of triangular in yeah. shape as it goes up, and so they show how um, you know the outside of it is stainless steel, and then inside of that is um, crust, and inside of that is mantle, and <laughs> <laughs> but it shows how that those are built up, and then meanwhile they have have to have this like inside to it because of course. You can it's go a building. up in it. Yeah, yeah. it is it a has weird building. Interior staircases right. and an elevator in the middle of those legs. So yeah. they build these like segments of triangles that are each like forty-five feet tall or something like that. Yeah, that sounds right. And 
And and then each one of those is its own kind of little story about how that's built on top of each other, and then they're welded together. And it's just it's a it's a monumental task. It's ridiculous, is what it is. It's absolutely ridiculous. Well, and then the foundation, like, so the foundation is sixty feet deep. It's solid concrete, and then they've um, on top of that, they've uh, built are built into that. They have these um, sort of basically steel bones that are embedded in the concrete to provide additional support. And, and those, those continue up. Yeah, those are like spliced way, yeah. so that they like wedge into each other. So you have just this continual thing. Skeleton. That's, yeah. Skeleton that, yeah. that's holding it all together. And like the the, the process of, of those segments being added where like they, they bring the frame in and, and place it, they screw in those steel uh, bones, then they pour concrete into there and adhere the inner... Um, skin to it. It's it's just a really bizarre process that you wouldn't like. I mean, it it has to be absurd when you look at it, that it, structure. It, it, it shouldn't like, work. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it really shouldn't work. And it's amazing to me that like it was built. I mean, I know this this is absurd. This is an absurd statement given that we've we've previously talked about like the atomic bomb on this show and right. how it was born out of this time that we I think speaking for myself, always default to being like, well, we were so dumb back then, you know, (laughs) (laughs) the engineering behind this is incredible. Um, so yeah, to go back to the wonderful numbers in this, uh, documentary, uh, it was 26 tons of concrete that made up the foundation. Hmm. And then I just love that, you know, imagine being 400 feet up and that they had to pull up, another, wait, I lost it, 25,000 tons of concrete in relatively small containers at a time. So they, they pull them up and they pour them in, as you're saying, around these girders and uh, steel tendons or whatever they are. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, just just the, that doing this little bit at a time. And they talked about how like, um, you know, when it was at 400 feet, it would take 12 minutes to take an elevator to from get the bottom up to the, to the top. top. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then the the elements, I think, are an interesting aspect, too, mm-hmm. because this is happening over the course of, like, two years. And so it's going through all four seasons. And in St. Louis, the summers get really, really hot and humid. The winters get, or used to get, really uh, cold and dry. And then you have milder seasons in, the, in spring and fall. For a week. Yeah, if you're lucky. Hmm. Um, and so this this these elements are affecting the environment in this around this structure and inside of it. And there's one, um, there's a, a documentary, um, a brief documentary that the local uh, PBS station did talking to some of the people who worked on it. And they talk about how on certain days you would be in that structure and it would be just full of fog because of the oh, atmosphere. Wow. And so like you couldn't see anywhere while you're inside of it. And then even when they finally uh, put the final piece into place, they had to, um, they were like hosing down the sides of the the legs to try to keep the metal cool so that it wouldn't, um, it, it wouldn't uh, expand or contract, I guess mm-hmm. expand, you know, too much to where they couldn't seal that last piece into place. And they even had to like jack the legs apart by like yeah. four feet in order to get it into, into place. It was a race against time to get the last wedge. That had to have been you know, the most stressful thing in the world where you have uh, spent 
decades literally planning yeah. and building yeah. and uh and then just that like the interesting thing about it is like you know the the arch is a classic uh like greek classical like structure because it supports itself and it all has a, i forget what it's called that little centerpiece mm-hmm. that it all presses up against mm-hmm. um but like you mentioned the the legs of this thing uh this was really two buildings that they just they connected. That yeah. they connected. And, I'm, you know, in the aftermath of that, it still kind of supports itself a little bit. But it's really just holding itself up in this strange form of two arching buildings, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, but, yeah, to, to, but to get down to there, that point at the end of it yeah. where you have to, like, you have one piece that's going to be fit in the middle. It could literally to, go to shit at that point. Yeah. But they could put... The last piece in, let go, and it could have tumbled. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. If like, well, it probably wouldn't have tumbled, ma- but the piece would have fallen out potentially. I bet everyone who worked on it like didn't go onto it for the first ten years. Right. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I worked with some of those or guys like, putting it together. Jump over that last right. piece. And you know, for those who've never been in the arch at the very top. It does slightly sway back and forth. Yeah, but it's only slightly. It's like yeah. Um, was it like 18 inches or something? And yeah. that's under 150 mile per hour winds. Right. right. That's so the maximum it would ever sway is 18 inches in one direction or the other under Which, the most insane yeah. skyscrapers wind conditions. Like, sway more than that. Like yeah. That, yeah. That is very, yeah. very solid. No, it's usually, I think, you know, an inch or inch and a half. You just, this very un, almost uh, non perceptible, uh, just. I don't think about vibration, but just yeah, but slight it, sway. But you can you can, you can tell you can feel it. Yeah, yeah, you can definitely sense yeah. it. Yeah, and some people it. find that very unnerving. To me, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. So I find what I find more unnerving is the fact that when you are up in the top, um, looking down, there are windows up there, um, but you're not because it is that triangular shape. You're not. It's not like in a normal structure where you are. You're standing perpendicular to the ground right the window is and un- staring out you are like literally kind of leaning looking over. at more like a 45 degree angle oh, yeah. down at the ground and you you kind of like lean onto these carpeted panels and you're i mean you're basically putting your weight on the side of the building yeah you know it's that that to me is a little bit unnerving but but i still do it do of course. they clean those windows from the outside yeah i yeah. don't know I don't know if they do them from the outside or if they pull them in and then clean them. I'm no, sure. I think they, I'm pretty sure I've seen every, I know every once a decade at least, they do a whole like cleaning process of, of the arch where they like go and do like a repolishing of it and all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. And then I think 10 or so, 15 years ago, they did a big thing where they like deep scrubbed the bottom like third because it gotten kind of grimy from yeah. people. Oh, people constantly touching it. Right. Or, yeah. Uh, carving their initials yeah. into it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think they do. I, I think it's at night when there's not a lot of people around and basically I think they have somebody go up there and go out and go out. Yeah. yeah. There is an access panel at the very top where yeah. they have, oh, it, there's okay. a light that, that like a, you know, like a, uh, don't hit me airplanes light. That right. exactly. <laughs> um, which is now an LED light. They, you can. I thought this was fun. They have the original light on display in the museum now. You can really. They. It's kind of. There's cool. a replica of the center. Yes, I just gotten old. I just had a light bulb. That's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, you can get out through the top. Can I sell you a weight set? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, one thing that I didn't know that I found in this. Uh, journey uh is that 
no one died in the creation of it. That's um, right. But they expected people they to. They expected yeah. 13 people to die. <laughs> they, the insurance company... Let's crunch the numbers. Yeah, 13. <laughs> yeah, 13. Um, but I have a list of the top seven deadliest U.S. monuments. Oh, Are ooh. you guys ready for a round of Alistination? Alistination. Alrighty. I feel like I've been training for this one my whole life. I feel like I have not been paying attention enough in class. <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> All right, this is exclusively monuments. It is exclusive. Oh, shit. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good question, John. It's a good, uh, good uh, quantifier of this. It, it is. It is. It is. I don't. Monuments, I think. Yeah, we're going right. to go with. What we'll say they're monuments. Not, they're not monuments. <laughs> <laughs> Monuments or, uh, tour, or national tourist landmarks. National landmarks, landmarks. National attractions. Yeah, right. Landmarks. There you go. All right. Who's starting us off? Uh, you started us last time. We're going to go with that. All right. I'm going to go with Mount Rushmore. And you're out. <laughs> Shit. Seriously? Uh, the Statue of Liberty. Uh, that's correct. Uh, how, many, how many people died at the Statue yeah, of Liberty? Yeah. Let me, let me just like run through them right fast. So they had... and No one died at Rushmore? No one has ever died in Mount Rushmore. Oh, wait. Uh, only in that movie. Yeah, only... What was that? Only North in by Northwest? North by Northwest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which is a fantastic no movie. No kidding. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so the, the... And this is not science here. Like, <laughs> neither me bringing this to the table or wherever the hell I got it from. Uh, the Gateway Arch is listed as number seven and... Uh, At it, zero? No, because there has been one death. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. That's right. That guy. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Hold up, hold up. This isn't about the creation of That's that. what I thought you were asking. Yeah. This so is... people who have died at the location. Uh, yes. Okay, let's start over. All right. All right. Let's do it. I literally thought you were talking about the creation of. All right. Because I know people died. Anyway. Well, yeah, one person died. Yeah. But... Uh... So I'll go first. That's two. <laughs> Statue of Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, not on here. Yes, God, that's gotta be. I I don't know what these. Yeah, are. Okay. I don't know what the quality. We'll call, you know, we'll call people have been jumping off of that thing for a yeah. hundred years. We we'll, we'll, got some buildings in here. We we'll got call the, it a wash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're all winners this week. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the the arch. There was one death, and I'm, I'm gonna. We'll come back to that. But um, the average deaths per year since 1965 is 0.02. and then there's uh, Ellis and Liberty Islands. Oh, wait. I skipped ahead. Uh, Space Needle is 0.06 deaths per year. Total of three. Mm. Empire State Building is 0.65 of 54 deaths a year. Grand Canyon, 7.28 average deaths per year. That's getting up there. Wow. That jumped. Uh, Golden Gate Bridge, 22 deaths per year. Uh, which is, you know, one of the world's favorite suicide spots. Right. Uh, but, yeah, th- this kind of surprised me that Ellis and Liberty Islands average deaths per year, 28.71. Wow. And anyone want to guess what number one is? If With, <sighs> with now knowing the scope of what... Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, and I guess I would say World Trade Center. World Trade Centers, yeah. Nope. Oh, thank God. Yeah. <sighs> Although that had a lot of deaths in the building of it. Right. Um, uh, Niagara Falls. Um, oh. 31.22. Yeah, that makes sense. Per year. So that's like. But that's partially on Canada, so. 
We don't. <laughs> <laughs> that's on entirely that. counted. Right. Yeah. But can you imagine working there? And uh, that's that's five thousand deaths that have been discovered since eighteen fifty. And but yeah, every every you know third day. Wow. I say it's about one every yeah one every three days. Uh, imagine at least ten percent of that. At least ten has got to be daredevils trying to do. Oh yeah, trying to uh, do stuff. Uh, yeah, it's uh, only seven deaths, deaths were determined to be accident, and six of those were daredevils attempting to go over the fall. So a third. I was even lower than my. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, uh, that was the case with the uh, arch. Right. Death. Yeah. 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 Um, and what, what that the, was a guy who parachuted to land on the arch itself. Yes. And he successfully did that. Yes. But then he like accidentally fell off, which he was planning on doing, but he like got knocked off or something. I'd heard that what happened was he, he intended to land and then jump, jump off again. Right. He landed and then either he lost his balance and slid or the, Wind. wind. I think I, I heard the wind. Yeah. Paris, uh, parachute and like kind of pulled him down the side of the arch. I'm not sure if we got a chance to ask him. So <laughs> it's possible why there's been some confusion there. But yeah, his, yeah, his parachute didn't open up. A second parachute didn't open. Right. Yeah. His base jump parachute didn't open. Yeah. Essentially. Or the wind caught his normal one. I can't, I can't remember. Yeah, yanked him I remember the hearing the wind is what jacked him up. Yeah. Like it wasn't, he didn't have that. Which Parked. makes sense. He's 630 feet in the air. Right. Um, and that's not a wide structure at that mm. point. No. Um, there was another guy who didn't die. He did successfully jump off the arch. Um, he base jumped, basically. Yeah. Um, this was within How, our lifetime. Yeah, that was, that was a few years ago. I remember this. Like, uh, I think I was in like junior high when it happened. Uh, but he he had like little suction cups. Years ago. I say he climbed. Yeah, I say he scaled it. <laughs> really? Yep. He did. He climbed all the way up uh, early in the morning and then leapt off and was later the, apprehended. The authorities were very upset. Yeah, they were, that, they were. I think he was charged, but then eventually they dropped the charges on him. Did they drop or, the charges? Maybe, maybe, I think he, he had to pay the he fine. Fine. Yeah. yeah, they yeah. dropped the jail time, and he had to pay yeah. a fine. He should have parachuted over to Illinois, and the cops would have all like. Chased him until like, they got to the other side. Like, ah, like, that's my jurisdiction. Out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, haven't there also been attempts to fly under it? Am I making that up? I didn't look this up today. I feel no, like I think that does sound familiar. I don't think there's been. A, I think have been probably not sanctioned like fly unders of it. Um, I doubt that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like for like. Like for air shows? Blue Angels? No, I think... Um, is that Blue Angels? What was her name? Yeah. Uh, the, the, she she had a flying carpet, and she'd fly under the oh. arch. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, um, that would be... Becky's. Becky, Queen Be- of Carpet, yeah. and, that's, that's, and Wanda, Princess of Tile. Yeah. I think they were both... Did you set that up? I did. That was good. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Do we know that those are sanctioned flights? I don't know. They're magic. <laughs> I, they got fined, but they, <laughs> no, press they, they didn't get fined. They did jail time for it. Yeah. That's why I don't see them anymore. Uh, that was good. Thank you. <laughs> um, the other thing that I thought was like super interesting about it was um, the the fact that they planned, and this is such a, like an artist thing where it's like, I'm going to build this giant thing. There's going to be a way to go up inside it. And everyone's like, yeah, but how, how is that going to happen? <laughs> and so they had this like relatively small window of time where they were like gearing up for construction, but they had not planned 
the actual mechanics of the um, the pod system. The egg-evator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, egg-evator. I like that. Yeah. Um, DM. So they uh, talk to all of the elevator makers in all the land, and uh, everyone came back and were, were like, no, we can't do that. Elevators go up and down. That That isn't going to work. Um, a young man named Willy Wonka said, I got this. Uh, he's got a name better than Willy Wonka. <laughs> oh, really? Dick Bowser. Nice. <laughs> so uh, I think I think he's from Illinois, and he... Uh, irony. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you're from Chicago, that would just be the icing on the cake <laughs> if he was. I'm not sure. I'm, I might even be Jack wrong about ass. that. But. We've got these things in Chicago called trains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, they had contacted this one uh, elevator company, and they had turned them down. And then old Dick Bowser uh, just happened to like walk in one day, and uh, the the way the story goes, the the guy behind the counter was like, "I didn't even think of you." Picks up the phone, dials it, hands it over to him. Guy on the other end goes, "Who is this?" And the guy says, "I don't know who is this." It's very confusing for a minute, <laughs> but then they figured out that uh, he build built uh, garage elevators. So he was one of the him and his family were one of the like pioneers of of garages that moved cars up and down. Oh, you mean okay? I follow you. Yeah. I thought you meant an elevator inside of a garage. No, no, no. It's like so a normal elevator that just kind of goes up and down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they would move cars up and to the side and yeah, diagonally. Yeah, 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 yeah. And up to like 12 stories they had this because, you know, at the time everyone was like freaking out because cities were getting overpopulated and they created this thing and it became semi-popular at the time. Yeah. And so they asked him on the phone, does an elevator have to go up and down? And he was like, no. And they were like, you're, You're the man. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, the, again, the story goes that in two weeks he was asked to come up with a design for this. And he, like, went home and he said, Mabel, put on a cup of, pot of coffee. <laughs> and, like, just worked around the clock for two weeks and, like, came up with, like, all of these, like, failure designs. Like, um, he was like, all right, can it go straight up? No, it can't. And then he threw all his papers away. You know, it, th- this is how the story was told to me. So, right. but, um, By Mrs. Bowser. Yeah. <laughs> Mabel Bowser. Uh, and then, like, at one point he was thinking uh, what I would have, and, and it's, it kind of ended up here, but he, he thought of this idea of a, um, um, uh, what's the, the, the merry-go-round kind of thing. But um, the way that works... A Ferris wheel? Ferris wheel. Merry-go-round is like a sideways Ferris wheel. Merry-go-round upright. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But they didn't have a way to make it so that the, like, chain or cable would run all the way through it. And so he originally wanted it to be like that, where it carried everybody up one side and just continually going. Um, And and the documentary that we were watching uh, said something about how he had a, like, eureka moment when he realized that um, people could just plummet off of the their little carts to their death, and so he had to enclose them. Which I was like, "That's table stakes. That's not a Eureka <laughs> moment." <laughs> um, but yeah, another one that he had <clears throat> considered was like having kind of an elevator that went up, and then having an unload area, and then having a second elevator that went up. Um, but then that would 
create a, like an area that everyone kind of got stuck in oh, for a yeah. little while. Yeah, right. dude, like a series of elevators right. yeah, leading up to it. Yeah. Uh, escalators was another thing, but uh, that would have been expensive. And um, So, yeah, the final design of it um, is kind of like that Ferris wheel sort of where it has these little carts that you get into that feels like it's from 2001 yeah. and everybody's knees bump into each other. It's folks, it's literally it's an egg shape. You're yeah, like yeah. a little egg. It yeah. is. And it's very um uh humbling and uh it, it there are dem- no there're no strangers in, in the egg. Demonstrates right. <laughs> just how uh um how we've mutated and gotten fat over yeah. the last <laughs> fifty years. <laughs> because these seats back uh, then five yeah. people could fit in one. <laughs> right. And now it's just me and this kid. <laughs> and the kid's yeah. crying because yeah. he has no room. Um Oh, uh, yeah. One other thing is that when he had finished his design, he uh, was called back to do a presentation. And he said he did like um, 40 minutes of presentation and then just like four hours of questions. Wow. And they, 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 you know, he didn't know what he was in for when he went back to it. He thought it was going to be talking to one guy and it was just like the whole board was there. And they were like, <laughs> you know, grilling him on every th- facet of the, the possibility of this thing. Um, and, uh, uh one thing was that uh, he was a college dropout, and so you know the one person who was able to answer this this riddle that they had on how to build this thing. Uh, at the end of it, somebody said, um, "They asked him like, uh, what are you?'" And <laughs> he he took that question to mean like, "What did he go to school for? What is his profession?" And he answered it, "I am a thirty eight year old." <laughs> and they thought that was hilarious, and they all went and got cocktails, and <laughs> the, the deal was done. That's how it works here yeah. in St. Louis. Yeah. 38, huh? Hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What have we done? Seriously. God. Mm-hmm. Whoops. That, that's exactly what I thought when I read that. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> John, you'll feel that way someday. We've been to the Arch. I mean, that... <laughs> we, yeah. Did you guys watch that uh, kind of fast-forwarding into modern day uh, with the new museum and whatnot? Did you watch that uh, stop-motion video the I sent out? Time-lapse yeah. of, yeah, the renovation of the arch grounds? Yeah. I did watch it. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, I found it fascinating. Well, what I think is cool about it is, like, the big... So the big deal of the reshaping of the grounds was connecting the park where the arch stands to the... Um, the city via a park. They basically built a lid over the existing interstate and planted grass there and, you know, made it a continuous park, um, which was uh, the big selling point when they were initially talking about that. But what I didn't realize until I looked at that time lapse was that they had actually um, put in a whole new ceiling structure over the museum that's there too. So the museum is in the same place. It always has been. They basically just, um, knocked down the back wall and built this elaborate atrium to lead you into it from the other side. Yeah. Uh, but in the process of doing that, they really, they took everything off of there and like put a whole new ceiling over it and, and all of that, which I was surprised to see, but it looks cool. It does look cool. The other thing I found was very fascinating and I remember when I saw the initial designs for this five years ago, whenever it was announced, was the actual uh, conservation aspect of this, where animals have been for 
you know, 50 years, deer and whatnot. Living on that. Living. Property. Basically, yeah. And they would head out to the highway and get killed. Hmm. And this, putting that uh, dome over the highway will allow now... them to get killed in the city proper. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll help save yeah. and then bring more wildlife to the area that should that has been trying to function poorly for, you know, 50 years. Yeah. Yeah, it was really like an island for a long time, and now yeah. it's it actually has some connectivity. And they've moved, I think, there have been some other changes, too, to the property. Like, they got rid of a, a parking garage that was on the north side of it and turned that into an amphitheater. Um, the pathways are better now or redesigned. They're a little bit, some of them are a little confusing because you're not sure where, where, go where you're going. Yeah, you can't, it, it goes to such a height that you can't really see where it lets out or if it lets out. But part of that was like strategic, I'm told that, um, my, and let me say my, my boss, uh, is, uh, or coworker is, uh, was kind of involved in it. Which this. is it? Your boss or your coworker? Well, he was my boss. Now he's my coworker. Okay. Co-worker. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> his he's cost. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's a illustrator, Carlos Samora. Shout out. Um, and he did the poster for the the reopening. Oh, cool. Uh, oh, which nice. I have a copy of. And did it, you sign it? He didn't. And I need to get him to say like because it's a, a gorgeous poster. It's on, it's your costs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's on black, and then it's um, it's it's kind of a minimal uh, poster where the it's got the arch and it's very simple. But then it has these like lines that kind of roll into it that kind of imply the uh, the walkway towards mm-hmm. it and down mm-hmm. into the museum and stuff. And um, and it's printed with metallic ink so that. Uh, it's all a little bit shiny, and then the arch itself is like reflective. Hmm. And while he was designing it, he made like little mock-ups of it, and uh, and you know he was like showing them to people, and he was trying to get convey that reflectiveness to it. But he did like a little like you know Photoshopy thing to, to make it look, and it kind of looked like it had a rainbow across it. He was like worried that they weren't going to get that idea. But they, <laughs> they got it. They printed it. It's gorgeous, um, and. Uh, and this this particular poster was like only available to people who don- donated, I want to say like a hundred thousand dollars to the project, wow. and I got one. Nice. I didn't pay anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but it, actually, that that brings up another thing. Is I r- read that this was um, the largest privately funded uh, project for a national park. Mm. And also it was... In the, history? Yeah. Oh, wow. And the um, largest amount of funding that a population uh, chose to vote for for a national park. So mm. you know, we, we were taxed for that, and we... You, <laughs> not my money, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, pe- people voted for that because St. Louis you know, believed in that, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, what I was going to say was that um, the... Uh, the, the geography of the area um, is kind of designed to make you walk through it. Uh, and that's part of the reason that the the pathways in it are this like organic kind of weaving shape mm-hmm. um, is that, uh, you know, if you have these like straight pathways, then you see that this goes way down there and it's kind of over. But the curvature of it helps you, um, you know, just explore the landscape, enjoy the journey, see what's next yeah. on it. Yeah. Um, and so when you when you start from it in the city at uh, is it Keener Plaza? 
Well, it's it's the other side of Keener. There's like okay. it connects to a mall that runs through the downtown, but it it um, really starts, I guess, at the old courthouse, which well, is also part of the they, structure. They, but they're wanting to connect it to Keener Plaza. That's like part of the overall. Well, yeah, that's that's what I'm told anyway. Oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, you can. It's it's an easy walk. But, yeah, yeah. But so yeah, it goes from Keener Plaza into the yeah. courthouse, and then through this thing and then from there it's just like this like gradual walk down that just opens up to the to the arch park area yeah it's cool i mean it it is a as grassy lids go it is a really rad grassy lid <laughs> i mean i i seriously i when i walked over it and i like you can't really tell so you, you 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 were able to go yeah nice yeah uh i was fortunate enough to get invited to um, there was a group of um, like St. Louis attractions, social media people for St. Louis attractions. Cool. They had us tour it. Um, oh, so you actually got to go in the building. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ooh, look at this guy. So it's not even open to the public yet. Yeah, they've they've basically been finished. I think for about a month and a half now. So I saw it in May. I mean, it wasn't completely finished, but mostly it was done. The museum was finished. Uh, awesome. But the the I think all highways should have grassy lids on. Them yeah. From yeah. now on. So, when you're on that grassy lid, is it like, do you hear the highway? Is it loud? Do you, do you see it? Is it like, describe that vibrations? Experience. You yeah. can, you can hear it. Yeah. Um, but I mm. bet like if you were there on a day where there's a lot of people around, you probably wouldn't even yeah. notice it. Yeah. Sweet. They That's do cool. a good job of making that disappear. And the museum itself is, uh, it's a, a good, balanced experience i think um i i grew up loving the old museum i mean i've always loved the arch i loved going up in it but as a kid i'm I was assuming as a kid more... you took a school trip there all the time yeah, yeah. so so did I mean, I. that's I, part of a staple of being a st louis kid is doing one if on not more trip. i feel field like trip i was there the at least once a year on a field trip oh, i don't know if i did that yeah. much but um the, they had these really cool animatronics yeah, I, uh, I always remember being fascinated by it. They had these, like, uh, dioramas of, like, buffalo and all the um, uh, wildlife that used to live in this area. Before it wandered into the highway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I, and I remember that, um, that stuff they use for fake water yeah. in, in, like, nature displays. That was, like, my first exposure to it. And that was always what I wanted to see when I would go to the arch. Like my parents would go there and be like, do you want to go up in the thing? I'm like, no, I want to go see no, the fake mama, water. No, Mama, can I go and see the fake water? <laughs> oh, John. The fake She's, water is no longer there. John's uh, mom has a low voice. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she did. So, uh, so are the animatronics still there? No. Oh. No, it's been completely redone. I know. It I is, was just, totally part of redone. me was hoping... Either updated animatronics, or maybe they would, for nostalgia's some, sake, still like keep one. I think some of them are now in the possession of the historical society. Okay, so we'll probably see them somewhere. Society. So they, I think, and one of them actually is on display at the history museum. I think in the main St. Louis history okay. thing. I can't remember which one it is, but so I'm guessing that you never had to experience these these guys, did you? You went to the museum. I did. I don't remember the animatronics though. Oh. Um. I'm trying to remember who they were. There might have been one of Jefferson, actually, now that I think about it. We could probably look that up. We could probably look that up. Um, was uh, old Dick Bowser one of them? He's not. <laughs> but I'm sure that there's going to be an exhibit no. coming to the new museum Good. honoring No, these are all like, old like, like Bowser. pioneer sort of characters. Yeah. Lewis and Clark. Uh, yeah. Pierre okay. Laclede. Yeah. 
But with that, one of the things I think the new museum does really well, well, two things. One, it uh, conveys better than I've ever seen what St. Louis was like when it was initially founded. So like, uh, there are a couple of like famous paintings of St. Louis in its you know, in the 1800s or whatever. And you can see the riverfront, it's two story brick buildings, you know, everywhere you look. Was the um, fire that destroyed most of the riverfront, was it 1892? It was before that. It was like 1848 or something. Oh, that early. Yeah. All yeah. right. So that and wiped they, out all of that. Yeah. There's actually, at some point, do you want to do an episode on that? There's a, there's a St. Louis fire and the stories of this thing is fascinating um, about how, how it was caused, how they tried to stop it the ramifications of what happened before and afterwards, but we'll save that for the St. Louis fire. fire episode. episode. Yeah. 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 But before that, it was just a bunch of like farmhouses and, and I had never really thought about it, but they have a, they did a, for this museum, they did a 3d tour and it's just on continuous play, walking you through what St. Louis looked like as like a village. Oh, cool. Um, And it's, it's awesome. It's like, it looks like it's just houses and yards um, I, I read that the original St. Louis was all buildings made out of straw, and then somebody came in. Oh, this is bad. <laughs> I'm done. I see where you're going with done. this. <laughs> <and just> like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say they were all like little arches in <laughs> every building. An um, arch for every building thing. and a building for every arch. The other thing that the museum <laughs> does really well is... Uh, Talk about the duality of the Western expansion in a way that, like, the old museum really didn't deal with that. It was just like, this is what this area was like. Uh, this new museum. It was the Aryan version of, <laughs> of, of <laughs> was, Western yeah, expansion. It was very much like yeah, here's, whitewashed, like, everybody's happy with this. Everyone's. These. Because there was a native, I think there was a Native men. American animatronic also who talked about. Yeah. 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 Oh, um, that reminds me that Carlos also told me that uh, they consulted with, I want to say, the DeSoto, Dakota tribe. I think Dakota tribe Dakota was tribe in this area, possibly. Indigenous Or the Copia. Um, the well, only one of them. They didn't want to go too far. Into that. <laughs> wow. But, uh, but to, <laughs> Just checking boxes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, they, they did because they wanted to do Not something that uh, was respectful to that. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they do a good job of talking. There's a whole a section that's just dedicated to questioning whether or not this was a legitimate enterprise. Mm-hmm. And like they talk about, I think it's the war, Spanish-American war, and how that was largely just begun by a president unjustly, um, which is a... Concept that's foreign to us. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hard to imagine They don't do that, that these days. Yeah. Um, but then there's another section that basically just says America stole Native Americans' land. Mm-hmm. Like, it just calls it out right there. And it's nice that it, it has that much play in the museum. Yeah, and they no also talk a, a lot about the construction of the arch, too, which was not part of the previous museum. Really? Dakota yeah. Indians. Good call, dude. All right. Oh, my God. We haven't talked about how it's a portal to hell. <laughs> So it's funny you mentioned that. So uh, in a scary sort of sense, there was a TV show, TV show slash video game called Defiance that was set in oh, yeah. the ruins of St. Louis in the that. far, far oh. future. I watched like um, the first episode of that, and yeah. right off the bat, they were, it just didn't make any geographically like the way I know. the it's show great. looked. It was so, like, no, no, that's not St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, well, so the, the thing is they have basically the ruins of the city proper and, and the arch, 
but then it's like in the in this valley of like, like right. a thousand foot valley with yeah. some big mountains all around it. But it, the, whole, the idea is that. But they made a big deal about how it was. It, St. Louis was the location, and the, so for them to, you know, yeah, to make such a glaring and well, I, start no, this I think it's, that I think it's part of the of the mythos is that these aliens of this war ever changed, the, oh, like, like terraformed and changed oh, the scope okay. of it so oh, okay. much that. But the thing about it is, and it's part of the whole uh, marketing campaign is it shows the arch, and if you think of the arch as a as a clock. Okay, mm-hmm. um, going from Who like doesn't? going like from eight to four. Okay, <laughs> the chunk around ten to eleven that's missing, showing us is like, oh, it's rugged and like. Uh, but anyone who's from St. Louis or knows how this thing works is like that would mean it would fall yeah, over. Like, yeah. but if you're naive to how this works, you think, oh, I guess I'm just not going to silly chunk of this thing, and it would just be able to stand on its own. Wait, didn't so. we just establish that they built two giant legs that stood on their own before they put the 10 <laughs> to 11 o'clock piece into there? And we'll, we will put a picture of the Defiance Arch okay. in, in the show notes, and you will see what I'm talking about. All right. Um, yeah, I don't know if any of you guys ever played the video game. I thought it was a, no. I thought just the it was a cool idea that they it's were trying to concept, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. make an MMORPG and a TV show that would play off each other and affect each other certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the video game folded first due to unfortunate lack of interest. And then they made, I think two or three seasons of the show before. I didn't think it had lasted that long. I, uh, I want to say one. <laughs> <laughs> I do, however, have uh, very vivid recollections of the arches cameo in V the original uh, mini series. Right. When uh, the motherships um, start, uh, showing up three seasons uh, in various uh, cities around the world. There's a, a fleeting glimpse of one of them parked between the legs of the arch. Yes, which, <laughs> given again um, spatially, doesn't make any sense because these things are supposed to be like a mile wide. Sure. These these uh, motherships <laughs> and the arch is yeah, was like thirty feet wide. Did we get blown up in Independence Day? No, I don't oh, believe man. so. I wonder if we're in Futurama. They, you know, they occasionally show the time pass between centuries oh, yeah. and uh, there's like three different periods where aliens demolished everything. <laughs> um, hmm. I would hope so. But, but yeah, I, what's, what's this portal to hell thing? This is like, uh, do you guys know anything about that? A little bit. Yeah. yeah. No, I actually thought you were joking. No, there, there's like a couple of, uh, vortexes they're, they're called yeah. that, um, maybe people believe in, um, and and the it's arch weird. is supposedly built um, uh, above one Over of them. Over one of them. Yeah. So it functions as like a... You haven't covered this on more of a revolving Illuminati. door. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. Huh. I'm more familiar with the, the quote-unquote arch effect that... Uh, the arch effect? Yeah. You've not heard of this? I don't believe I have. Well, there is a theory and there is some science behind it, but it's sort of the the people who really double down on this, I think, exaggerate the science behind it. But basically that it the the arch functions as kind of like a, a weather tuning fork. Oh, oh. oh, maybe I have heard this actually. That it, um, some people will say like, well, because it's this big chunk of metal, it like draws electromagnetic energy to the city, which then in turn like pushes disparate weather elements away, which is, is why. Is that what saved us from the tornado the other day? That's what saved us from the tornado the other Did day. Did you guys yeah. go outside when you heard the sirens? Of course. 
I I was actually did you, Nick? here. Of course. You are a true Midwesterner. Congratulations. <laughs> I actually just talked to a friend of mine who moved here from D.C., who, when the sirens went off, grabbed her kids, ran to the basement. And I was like, you're not there yet. You'll, <laughs> you'll get there, though. Hear those sirens. And then we run outside. Oh, all right, what's that? It's like super windy and a little bit rainy, and the sky is orange. Like, yeah. this is great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love, I love storms, and my yard is a death trap, and there are two trees that are going to kill me soon. Um, <laughs> but as soon as it started... I started heading towards outside, and Angie was like, get the dogs. We need to go in the basement. And I was like, but get, you get the dogs. It's a storm. Is she from St. Louis? Doesn't seem to, she is. This isn't that an upper From the city proper. Huh. Well, then she knows all about Artifact. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, museum opens. Uh, it'll be open by the time you hear this. Mm-hmm. Has reopened. You can still go up in the arch. You can ride that little uh, elevator. Bowser Vader. Bowser Vader. And, nice. Uh, get a, an incredible view of the riverfront from it. Um, and yeah, they're they're going to be. Uh, they they've got a blues at the arch event coming up in. I want to say August third. My notes aren't here. <laughs> um, so check that out. Um, but they're. Part of their experience is that it's going to be drawing people in a lot more than yeah. you know what traditionally has been like. Whenever your family comes to town and you're wanting to show it to them, and I'm take, curious to see take how them to the spaghetti factory. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how this will, if it will affect it or uh, the Fair St. Louis, because it's always big concerts down at the Arch Grounds. Mm. Yeah, this I'm, is the return of Fair St. Louis, which is the big. Uh, city 4th of July celebration for the last five years, I think, or maybe six. Four. It has been in Forest Park on the yeah. other side of the city, but it's returning to the riverfront now. Uh, I think it'll be interesting. I, I anticipate record crowds. Um, actually, the night that I decided that I wanted to marry Angie uh, was f- following a concert at the Arch. The uh, yeah. Eagles of Death Metal played on March 18th 2013 and we went to see them and then uh went to the the hideout bar do you know the hideout yeah yeah the hideout or the hideaway hideaway thank you yeah um and uh and yeah that that was when we slow danced to a uh blind keyboardist (laughs) playing uh elvis's um Wise men say, "What's the name of that song?" Can't help falling, can't right? falling in love. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, and and I was like, "I'm going to marry that woman." Uh, nice. So yeah, thank you, Eagles of Death Metal, for <laughs> leading in that beautiful evening. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Plugs. Getting the plug, John. Well, I'm going to actually plug something arch related. Uh, I posted this in our Slack channel, but. At my uh, place of business are always looking for ways to talk more about ourselves in a digital sphere. And um, sometime back, like six or seven months ago, we came across this cache of images of buildings that the organization owned at one time. And were actually like rental properties that were funding the, the gardens operations. Hmm. Um, and there are about a dozen of them that were in the property that eventually became the arch grounds. So that turned into this long odyssey of trying to, uh, work with the, um, national park service and get more information about who 
owned them or who were the tenants and, and learn more about them. So that resulted in a blog post that I will post in the show notes. Cool. Uh, my colleague Cassidy did a, an amazing job digging up all this information. It's a pretty fascinating story. Boss or coworker? Uh, coworker. Okay. I think you mean cost or boat worker. <laughs> boat worker. <laughs> uh, I'm going to uh, plug, come to the uh, Botanical Gardens on July 4th for their Music uh, Wednesday uh, thing they do. The Whitaker Music Festival. Thank you. That's the one. Um, by the Whitaker Foundation. That's the one, too. Uh, my favorite local band is headlining the July 4th uh, extravaganza, the Funky Butt Brass Band. If you've not uh, seen them live, you should see them live because they are great. And I'm literally saying these words out loud, realizing this show might even be posted till after the 4th. No, it'll be up on the 4th, I think. On the 4th? Yeah. There you go. Great. Hey. I guess you don't get to plug anything, Nick. That's how we're going out. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, well, the only thing I want to plug is to uh, check out our Instagram, our Facebook, our Twitter. We're at the archive. Um, also, Check us out on iTunes and rate us or review us. That would be nice. That would be nice. Very nice. And as always, Creepers, if you have an idea for an episode you'd like to hear us talk about for an hour, let us know in the comments. And we're going to do it no matter what. We've got lakes in the queue based off of a user. A user? A user. A creeper. (laughs) I like to call them users now. (laughs) End of line. (laughs) Uh, all right those are good plugs uh i guess we're we're gonna have to scale this thing sooner or later so get your suction cups out and right start climbing get out your 80 ton creeper there you go <laughs> put in the arcade hey john do you know what we're doing this week on the archive do you know who we could ask next week Gorillas! <laughs>